This program comes to you from Jara country, the traditional lands of the Jajawarung. We pay respects to their elders, past and present. We also acknowledge the traditional owners from all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander lands you're listening from. Welcome to another episode of New Home, a podcast that shares with you some of the stories of migrant and refugee women living in regional Victoria. My name is Ellie Hanley, and today I'm talking with Ku Ti, a young woman born and raised in a refugee camp in the jungles of Thailand after her parents had fled from Myanmar or Burma. Her family are Karen, which is a diverse collection of ethnic and language groups from the mountainous southeast of Myanmar on the border of Thailand. There's a long history of conflict in the region, including consistent resistance to the British rule for over a century when the British held the area as a province of British India. After the Second World War, Burma gained independence from the British and the Karen were unsuccessful in their attempt to create a Karen state. Since then, the Karen National Liberation Army has been resisting Burmese rule. They are just one of several resistance groups within Myanmar or Burma. Over the many decades of this conflict, the Burmese military have so heavily targeted the Karen people that they have been accused of attempted ethnic cleansing. Hundreds of thousands of Karen people have fled across the border to Thailand, and many have found their way to other countries around the world. At the age of 15, Kuti and her family were able to move to Australia. Before she came here, Kuti had never been outside of the refugee camp she'd grown up in. She'd never even been in a car, and she barely spoke any English. Now, just seven years later, Kuti works for Bendigo Health, translating and helping newly arrived refugees and others in the Karen community understand the Australian health system. She's recently been recognised as a young leader by the Victorian Multicultural Commission. She's been given a Youth Thrive Victoria scholarship to further her studies, and her story was the local winner of the ABC Haywire Storytelling Competition. So I was born in winter at home, next to the fireplace. The hospital, I would say cleaning, not the hospital, have it been built properly, yes. So yeah, and I grew up, yeah, my whole life there, up to 15 years. The curve is completely different where we live right now in Australia. Our house is made of bamboo. We don't have access to the wood. There's by yeah, our house is made of bamboo, and there the roots live. And yeah, there's no privacy at all because the house is literally attached to each other. So many families living all next to each other. Yeah, next to each other. So yeah, you, you can call someone next door from your house and they can hear you. There's no privacy. Yeah, we all live in the same area. And my case is completely like isolated in forest because we're like very remote. My cave is not near the local village of the Thai community or Thai village. And how many people lived in that camp? You said there were lots of families squashed together, but do yeah. you know how many people were there? Um, I can't estimate, but there's many people. Yeah, we have our own little farm or field to grow the fruit because we didn't have money at all, not yet, to buy or to feed yourself. So we grow vegetables from the garden or field, vegetables and fruit. But sometimes not enough. So yeah, how poor we are in camps. <laughs> 
So a lot of people were starving, yeah. And really all you had to eat was what you were growing in your, in that little patch of land. You yeah. Didn't, you didn't have more than that. Yeah, no, I don't have more than that. Like we, we've got a rain share every month, but rain share is not enough neither. Yeah, we get like rice. Rice is our main food. They give us like oil, fish paste, and jelly bit. My stomach is screaming. <laughs> <laughs> so, who who gave you these things? Who gave you the rice and the fish uh, paste? And the rice? I, I think I think just from all over the country. I, I think. So donations. Yeah, donation. Yeah, okay. in cab. Yeah. yeah. So people donating was very important for yeah. you to even be able to survive. Yeah, yeah. This is otherwise we can't have access to anything because we're not allowed to grow rice. Yeah, in cab. But only fruit and vegetable fairs, like, you just get a minimal land. Yeah. yeah you can't get really big up that land, and they also you have to work really hard. And so in Thailand, obviously many people fled from Myanmar to Thailand and ended up in camps like yours over many years because it's been going for decades, yeah, this yeah. conflict. What do you think the attitude of Thai people is in the Thai government? Were you supported in Thailand or... Were you a bit exiled? Like you weren't allowed to live in the Thai village? I think Thai government doesn't want anything to do with us at all, even the Tan soldier. This is why every time we would get notice that, okay, Tan soldier will come to the camp. So everybody have to stay in the camp. They're not allowed to live. If they caught someone that live in the camp, they'll get another torture or put it in a jail without any reason. So yeah, this is how much we have to be afraid and scared of Tan soldier people. Like, can't even go anywhere, just stay in camp. So everyone was too afraid to leave because if the Thai soldiers came through and found you, you mm. would be arrested yeah, for yeah. leaving. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And were you even allowed to go to nearby Thai villages at all or not Not at all? Um, without them knowing. Ah, okay. Yes, <laughs> sneaking up the camp. Oh, but yeah. wow. Otherwise, if they know, no. Yeah. You probably wouldn't be able to see your family again, probably. Wow. Yeah, yeah, okay. How did you find out about being able to go to... Yeah. Australia or leave? Through my uncle living in Melbourne. He's sponsoring us. So, yeah, and they also helped through the UN. So we came here safe. And so your uncle had already moved to Australia as a refugee. Yes. And he was able to sponsor you. And, I mean, obviously your parents did all the work of figuring out how to come here. Mm. Do you remember that time very much? Like, I think Mama was not keen to come to Australia but my, because it's my dad's brother, so yeah. And the us also, like, as a children, we were to come to Australia too. You don't want to live in the cab any longer because not, re- literally nothing to do in cab. So yeah, you grow up, you don't know, like, where will you be in one day because the caves are literally a black spot mm-hmm. that you live in. So yeah, yeah. So you felt like you had no future. Yeah, you have no future. You feel like oh, you, okay, finish year ten or something. That what do you do? You become a teacher, even though you don't have any qualification after year ten. You you care like work in the community, become a teacher, or work in the clinic. So there were schools in the camp where you grew up. Yeah, there was school, but school is very basic. Yeah, in English, in terms of English, we study like English, maths, and Burmese language, but I can't speak Burmese. And English is a like, very basic. I can say ABCD. <laughs> yeah, only a few words, but not a sentence. How many kids were in this school with you? For memories, I have a happy childhood growing up with friends and families around because I think we are close together. Even though we don't go to the same class, I mean, we go to the same school, but not the same class. We are playing together. 
when we were young, we went to the same kindergarten and then we come home, we play, we sing and song, we dance, like with friends, like I have a group of best friends. But yeah, as we grow older and that we all were apart, yeah, before I came here, there's a lot of my friends that already left the camp. They went to another country. I don't think none of my friends came to Australia, but they went to America. And I'm the only one that came to Australia. So this I had to reconnect through them, through social media. So you've been able to contact them through yeah. Facebook and yeah. other things. Yeah. Oh, that's wonderful. So, yeah. I mean, like, when I came to Australia, I had to leave everything behind, like, even my pets or animals. Yeah, and some friend that stayed there, yeah. And what did you think Australia would be like before you got here? Did you have an idea in your mind? Um, what I heard about it is that Australia is a very like, beautiful and clean. But I mean, it's still beautiful, but not that much clean, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah, I can spot a lot of rubbish on the roadside. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and good education. Access to the health is very good and clean water and everything. Yes, I'm thankful for the government allowing us to live in, come in, to live in Australia. So when you arrived as refugees, did you land in Melbourne and yes. live with your uncle for a while perhaps? Yes, I lived there about one and a half year. And yeah, when we first arrived, like first few weeks, you have to catch up with all the appointment, like health appointment, doctor's appointment. Try to figure out how to navigate the system, like catch a bus, like you catch multiple bus in one day. You'd grown up in a forest or a jungle and you weren't really allowed out of the camp your whole life. Mm. And then you're put on a plane. Did, were you like amazed? I, I know. <laughs> I, I, I'm kind of shocked to like my journey. I'm like, I can't believe this is how the journeys happen. Like, get off the cab, got into a city. Like, when I live in cab, I heard about the town, local town or city, but never be. First time on a plane, just can't believe it's step on a plane. <laughs> yeah. Had you, had you even been in a car before that? Like... No, no. I never ever been in a car or motorbike. <laughs> before we go to a plane, we have to go through the medical check again. And we, we got into a big house or medical clinic, or I don't know. Hospital? Yeah, maybe hospital, yeah. And that was a shoe. And the, just looking at the building, like, wow, this is how the city looked like. And then, yeah, I never see a big building, tall building before. Every time I look up the building, I got so dizzy, so scared for me. I'm like, if you go higher, what about if you fall down? Like, my imagination is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And what, did it, what was it like for you in the plane? Yeah, I don't know how we're not lucky enough to get to sit next to the window. I think all of us come from refugee camp, have to sit in the middle. Like, but I really want to sit next to the window, so I look up like, what was going on? How many refugees were on the same flight as you? Was it just your oh, family? I think a few family, a yeah. few family members. And what was it like living in Australia? Because you said you had very small amount of English, like mm. you knew ABC, but that was about mm. it. Um, <laughs> what was it like when you first arrived here? Uh, you know, when we first landed in airport, I, th I think in Sydney or something, yeah, because we have to land in Sydney, there, transfer back to Melbourne airport. We came with one other family, and that we arrived in early morning, and but there's like no interpreters there. 
not nobody's there we can talk to so i think there's a guy who worked in the airport and they asked he just repeated what the guy in the airport said and then we're just laughing at him oh. and then we laugh do you understand what he said and they say no but i'm learning english i'm like yeah wow. but that's too soon to learn english we so that's really interesting so you arrived as refugees in australia and there was no one there to greet you or tell no, you where I, to go we we have like interpreter come later but they're not there yet but we land early yeah this is why we are stuck there with the guys security oh, guard. No. Was the climate very different here to what you thought? Yes, yeah, very different. Like uh, in here, they have forces about. I think we arrive in March or uh, April. We are very cold when we land in Melbourne. Like, oh my god, I need more jacket. Yeah. <laughs> I never really experienced that much cold in Thailand because because Thailand is like a tropical. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, humidity, a lot of humidity. Were you supplied with clothes? Yeah, or? yeah, yeah. We got supplied with clothes. Mm, so, yeah, that's good. We, yeah, we got everything enough cover. Yeah, that's yeah. Good. I didn't know that. I need a lot of layer. Yeah, layers. Yeah. It's all about the layers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And when did you move to Bendigo? I moved to Bendigo in 2017 because we have connection to the monk. He have us moved to here, and there, there's a lot of Korean people too. So yeah, and that everything, like you can access it very close, like in one town, Bergotar, so you don't have to go to multiple places like in Melbourne. Melbourne is a very busy, very busy life. Yeah. Yeah, I can see like a lot of traffic and yeah, so overwhelming. So it was a nicer life in Bendigo. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then you know a lot of current people, there's a lot of current people to like offer you for help. How big is the current community in Bendigo, do you think? Right now, around 2000, but we get more families coming. So, yeah. So there's we'll, always more people arriving. Yeah, yeah. yeah, always more people arriving. So let's wait till next census. Yeah, okay. <laughs> what they care, like, determine. <laughs> and is there as big a community elsewhere? Like, has Melbourne got a big Korean community in Sydney and are there other places? Or is um, Bendigo really a, a centre for lots of Korean people? I feel like, I feel like, from my perspective, I feel like Bendigo is the biggest one now. Yeah, but in Melbourne, because people will live in a separate town on suburbs, so there were a lot of queer people too. But they're spread out. Yeah, more. they're spread out. Yeah, yeah they're spread out. But in Bendigo, we have one place. What was the Australian high school like for you? Uh, a bit of a shock. Yeah, completely different. <laughs> Nothing like in camp in here. So you have everything, computer and everything. You introduced to the technology in the first place. I'm like, I don't know what to do. Like, I'm so afraid to learn new things like to do with the technology. I'm afraid that I will break some stuff <laughs> because I don't know what to do. And yeah, when my first attend language school, I didn't know that I would have to stay in the school the whole day. I thought because in care, my house is so close to the school and that every recess yeah. we get up the school and they go back to our house or yeah, go to the toilet at our home. So we have toilet outside and that in here, my cousin said, oh, you have to take a lunch with this. I'm like, lunch? I thought we just go there, recess and lunch, we come back home and they eat. And they said, no, the school is very far away. So everybody at Tesco, even though far or close, they have to stay in school. So yeah, take their lunch with them. And another thing shocked me when I first left in Melbourne and my cousin asked, nah, asking us to go to the toilet before going home. And I'm like, no, I can't hold this because I didn't know that how far it's going to be. <laughs> and they have with them, I really want to go to the toilet, but I have to hold it. I'm like, oh, no. Someone <laughs> already told me to go to the toilet. I don't know that's going to be how far. And they have to hold until I got 
I got to my cousin's house and then I thought the toilet was outside. I straight back to the backyard and then I didn't see any toilet. I saw the shed, but I thought that was the toilet. But that's not the toilet they put all the stuff there. I'm not. They don't have a toilet in here. <laughs> <laughs> so I went back in, so I asked my uncle, I'm like, do you have a toilet? And then he said, yes, I'm aware. I couldn't find it. And he said, inside the house, toilet's there. And I'm like, you have a toilet inside. I thought you have a toilet outside because they can't wear the toilet outside. So yeah, that was a shock me. I really want, I'm the mother, I really want to go to the toilet. But I got to the toilet, the last one, the last person. Oh yeah, I regret my life at that time. <laughs> I show up like went to the loom when I'm in the airport. You finished high school now. Did you feel like it was hard to catch up with what the other students were learning? Yes, you know absolutely. I mean? And like so hard to yeah, catch up with the other people. I'm like every single time I would do something, I'm like, why people get it so easily? I just said this so easily, but why not me? Every single time I'm like, oh, I didn't get this. I have to go through the dictionary in my first year of study. I'm just at the open dictionary book because I don't have a technology phone or anything. So you were to... actually probably working three or four times as hard as most of the other students, but probably, because of your language skills. Yeah, and... yeah, because of the language. Yeah, this is why I have to use a dictionary every time. I'm very quiet. I don't talk much. Very shy, I think, Rana. I can't say that <laughs> because looking back, I'm like, I, I didn't really talk much, even though I was in class. I don't really communicate with other people. Maybe some other people might think that I can't speak English neither. Yeah, after I finished high school, I'm like, I don't know what to do. One of my tutors like, connected through the Better Community Health, so she helped me apply like, to do the traineeship in Better Community Health. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, I'm the first career traineeship in Better Community Health Services in 2020. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. In 2020, so the start of yeah, the pandemic. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> start of the pandemic, yeah. While I'm doing my traineeship, I also do a set three community services course. Throughout my traineeship, helping people newly arrival from refugee background. Because then you can act as a translator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And like transport there, help them navigate the system, help the sister take them to appointment. Yeah, sometimes I have to travel down to the Melbourne to Royal Children or yeah, Royal Women Hospital. So yeah, anything health related yeah, for the caring yeah. community, you're yes. someone that can help them navigate the health system in Australia. Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. In the traineeship, you help educate the caring community. Yes. Can you tell us some of the things that you're helping them learn? Yeah, um, part of my role, we do a lot of education section. Yeah, with the community. So uh, we, we co-design with other organizations, such as CFA, SES. So yeah, we do the section around the bushfire preparedness, emergency preparedness, how to be safe, and then what to do where there's fires broke out. So yeah, we also do health education section and also sexual health. Like, yeah, reproductive systems, like, yeah, for the women. During the pandemic, some of my other roles in Bedgood, we do a lot of video for the current community to understand what the lockdown is, what restriction is. And then when the vaccine rollout, I was working a lot of on that. Yeah, getting people to have an injection, get the vaccine. We're working with the Bedgood Health and the we set up the vaccination clinic at the temple. So, yeah. 
Yeah, that's great. That's so yeah. important. And I guess you're also educating about masks and hand yes, washing and yes, yes, all that yeah, stuff. Yeah. You've had a few successes in 2021. You've yeah, been recognised for your talents in three different ways. Yeah. So you've had Youth Thrive and you've Victoria Multicultural yeah. Commission yeah. and the Haywire yeah, with the, the ABC. Haywire, yeah. yeah, in 2021, I think I've gone three in a one. <laughs> the ABC Haywire, which is when young people can tell their story and they apply through. So yeah, my story, one of my stories is through. So yeah, um, and then the other was I've gone in a world for Youth Rap Victoria, yeah, which is you get a scholarship, which is scholarship, yeah. But yeah, Youth Rap Victoria is there's a big organization that getting your people to pursue their dreams, career. What does scholarship allow for you to do? Scholarships are anything that you want to do. Like uh, you can like study a course, yeah, do things, yeah, to help you thrive. Yeah, to help you thrive and to help you, yeah. Yeah, get a better access education. So tell me about the Victorian Multicultural Commission one. Uh, with the Victorian Multicultural ones, um, I was awarded as a Young Leader Award. So yeah, uh, because I was working in the better community, in the current community. Yeah, we have like a community in Temple, which is called KCSSF. I was part of that by uh, volunteer work, that one. Do like a paying job and volunteer job at the same time. That's amazing. Yeah. So yeah, you work for... Bendigo Community Health. Yeah, so you yeah, do yeah. some work for them yeah, paid some, and some yeah. work as a volunteer. Yeah. And then your other volunteer work is through the temple. Yeah, through the temple. So yeah, I was part of the the youth. The yeah. youth. Yeah. And yeah, do volunteer. Sometimes we raise money, fundraising for our temple. And is yeah. it that's a Buddhist temple? Yeah, Buddhist temple. Mm. Yeah. And so it's not the big great stupa that's been built no. in Bendigo. You have what tell me about the temple that you have for Temple is like a, a career temple. Yeah, the, it's like a house, but it, yeah, you have a, like a, a a big area of it's like a lounge room or living room, so where everybody can really literally fit in and they're practicing, yeah, praying, yeah, something like that. And then sometimes we we do a lot of festival event, yeah, through the temple. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Current people, part of our culture background is always everything we have we share with people. So yeah, food, knowledge, culture, background and everything. So yeah, it's, like a, it's like a one of a big family. So we still like practice our traditional event. We still keep doing it like, like a new year. Yeah, we do as a traditional, as a nation, like a Korean nation. Work together, eat together like that. Yeah, and, and then we have a lot of different kind of food that we made. Yeah, uh, sometimes I never see that food before, but it tastes really good. I think one of our main food that from our culture background tradition is the rice porridge. Yeah, you cook with the chicken or any meat, any yeah. meat that yeah you can find. So yeah, rice porridge is our main traditional. But no, I think fish pears are more popular. <laughs> 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 Today in the Korean community, fish paste. So yeah, you can eat with anything like green vegetable or boiled vegetable, yeah. And do you feel like Bendigo has been a welcoming place for your community? Yes, yes, Bendigo is a welcoming place, a heartwarming place for our current community. So a lot of Korean people move from Melbourne to Bendigo. There's a lot of Korean people coming, which is so heartwarming. Sometimes you go to the town and then you see a Korean family. <laughs> you, yeah, when I first came, I'm like, okay, um, when I first came to Australia, I'm like, yeah, you never really see a Korean person like, like happy to be see them in the shop or anywhere. So, but in Bendigo, 
you happy to see that and that like you can speak to anyone they're not that stranger people to you when you see someone speak right you speak to them and say hi how are you blah 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 so yeah like you're immediately friends yeah, even yeah, though you don't know yeah. them <laughs> even though you don't know that you're immediately friends yeah. yeah which is part of the culture I guess it's different for your parents but you, because you grew up in the refugee camp in Thailand do you I mean are you happy to call Australia home now do you feel content mm. here or is there part of you that would like to go back and mm. if one day miraculously that Karen area of Myanmar was sort of like liberated and you were able to move home would you want to mm. move back there or understand that culture better or Oh yeah. It's a big question. Yeah, yeah. It's I lots know, of it's things. A big question. <laughs> so yeah, I'm I'm happy, I'm glad to call Australia home because I'm very safe and sound in here. Yeah, I'm happy to be here in Australia. And well in my thought personally I want to travel back home. Like I went to see the refugee camp again, like what does it look like? Because when I left I'm like I have such a beautiful memories. But yeah, I wanna go back and last year what was like i think so much changed now yeah because my sister went back in 2020 due to the covid and then like because they can only stay for a day and have to leave because this there will be a country lockdown so they have to come back oh, yeah they right. went yeah oh <laughs> what a shame it is a shame so she made this big trip and then because yeah. of covid lockdowns she just had to choose yeah. to come straight back yeah again. yeah oh. yeah and this is what she said oh the camp so much changed now and then you see a lot of new faces that you don't know not the familiar faces mm. that where we left so yeah and one day i also went to travel back to my parents homeland but yeah they my, my parents always talk about their homeless very peaceful and quiet and they're like very good working in the field, very nice, every month me out there and everything. So yeah, but right now with the conflict going on, there's nothing better. So yeah, one day if there's a peace, so yeah, we all would love to travel back and then make a, a big, like beautiful memories again. <laughs> yeah, if it's not staying there, but just go for visit, like visit your homeland, your birthplace. So that would be nice in what's in the lifetime, but no. I don't think this can happen anytime soon. Thank you for listening to New Home. Follow the series in your favourite podcast app to get new episodes or visit sbs.com.au slash newhome. If you'd like to get in touch, email newhome at sbs.com.au. The series was created and produced by me, Alison Hanley, and Ginny Tan, and additional editing by Max Gosford.